Here's the deal. We fail the mission, you die. If we find out any information you give us is false, you die. If we find out you have personalized license plates, you die. What? No. If you mismatch blacks, you die. No. If you cough without covering your mouth... Harley, those last three aren't things. Although, I probably don't need to say this, but that isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Sean has this, like, weird twisted stick up his fanny. Because I expected this to be bad. No, I need a palate cleanser after this movie. I'm not watching a four-hour movie, Sean. Hello and welcome to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. Yeah. Hi, Sam. Welcome back. Hey, thank you. It's been a while. Yeah. Again. It has it has been a while. We took last week <laughs> off. We were not here last week. I'm sure you probably noticed. Yeah. And uh it was good. I took a little vacation. I think Sam, you were on like your third vacation of the summer. Uh I'm not sure if Andrew I, you know. I turned my whole life upside down. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, you did. You really did do yeah, that. You did. So it's uh yeah. but it's good to be back. Last week was uh it was refreshing and it was fun. And also, in its place of our show, we had the uh, Them's Fighting Nerds episode, which uh, I've already gotten some feedback on, which is awesome. So I, uh, nice. I appreciate uh, the few of you that sent me some messages saying, hey, it was pretty fun. I liked it. Uh, I would listen to it again if it was a topic that you know I would be interested in. I, I'm like, yeah, I can get yeah. I can get behind that. I can get that. So... Yeah, so uh, there we go. So this week, though, is not that week. This is this week, and this is episode 358. And tonight we're talking about The Suicide Squad. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew can also detach his arms to slightly annoy people, Jimison. If I could do that, <laughs> there are so many times that I would have just taken an arm off and just beaten somebody with it. Because... <laughs> I've been that frustrated several times in my life. I could just rip an arm off, beat somebody with it, take it, and put it back on. Yeah, I, was, I thought that was a very interesting uh, power that you can remove your arms and they could float. You know, they imagine. float, yeah, All, like hovering. Although, a hover thing. Yeah. Although I will say I had a very close connection with Polka Dot Man because adolescence was a bitch. <laughs> Uh, Wouldn't it have been nice though to like puke it out twice a day yeah. and then have have cleared up, you know? So mm-hmm. just you know, just takes those you know, yeah. two two expunges and your your clear skin. Yeah. Um, uh, Sam once yes. once ate a bag of dicks for freedom vector, <laughs> <laughs> and that's no lie, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just repackaged them and sent them to the folks in Idaho. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that's it. Now, talk about a deep cut there. Yeah, that's a deep <laughs> cut. Oh. Um, but, uh, Sean. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in a movie that is full of, of many different ways to, to off you. Yeah. Um, I, I would probably say that uh, I'm going to drop you from a helicopter in the middle of the ocean and, and just see if you swim or not. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. I guess that's all that's right. That's about it. Yeah. 
I mean, I can. No. We'll, we'll see. But you're, yeah, you're kind of weasely. So I figured you'd maybe say <laughs> weasely. That's, that's about the meanest <laughs> thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh my goodness. No, I'm not. No, no I'm not. No, you're not. Not <laughs> as you shouldn't <laughs> be. And making his cheap seat reviews return is Jesse wishes Nathan Fillion was in this movie longer from the sudden but inevitable <laughs> podcast. It's true. <clears throat> I do. But I, I wish uh, Nathan Fillion was in everything for longer, uh, primarily Firefly, which was the first show that we covered on Sudden But Inevitable. And also, of course, the show that we took our name from. But I, my whole thing with that character is like, you know, if they just put a gun in his hand, that would be a really effective thing because he he could just float his arms to behind everyone and shoot them like i was <laughs> like was oh this still... is actually a pretty good power consider yeah. oh nope they didn't okay all right they yeah, somehow then... did not arm that guy so well they, he was armed they literally right, didn't arm a... the unarmed <laughs> man he was armed yeah right he it was like a ultra pun or something yeah yeah but you know what it, but to be able to shoot the arms in the air and still impact poor nathan fillion um that, that kind of made me a little sad i i figured maybe the arms were, weren't gonna be yeah you know especially since they hovered i figured maybe they were robotic or i don't know i just i was surprised at the fact that uh that he was getting impacted by bullets into his floating arms so yeah and and if they yeah i just a pistol in one of the hands. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> well, huge difference. Sort of weapon. Some yeah. sort of weapon. You yeah. know, or or a here's an idea or a, that that boomerang that that boomerang guy had. I mean, you put that in the in the in the ghost arm, and I think you have recipe <laughs> for success. You know, knife go stabby stab. You know, float yeah, up behind people and. Yeah, there's there there's certainly a lot of better ways they could have done it. It it just came down to when I was watching it in the moment, I thought. Oh, these are going to be coming. They're, he's like they're not going to see the arms. He's going to come up and take a gun out of somebody's hand. He's gonna, he's gonna like flank these guys and like, oh no, he could just <laughs> all he could do is yeah, like just annoy them. <laughs> like, he'll twist some necks. Like he's about to break some necks yeah. and kill some guys real stealth like. Um, yeah. I don't. So, have you guys have any of you guys ever seen the uh, the show Venture Brothers? No, I know no. what it is, but I've not watched it. Okay, so on that show, there's a super villain called the Phantom Limb, and he's just, he looks like a floating torso because all of his limbs are invisible. And his power is that when he touches people with his limbs, it like drains their energy. So he's kind of like rogue level power, right? But he looks really stupid because he looks like he's just a floating torso. (laughs) Somehow, he's still more menacing than the detachable kid. Yeah, like, yeah. When when the parody version of your character is more impressive than the actual character, something is wrong. <laughs> but yeah. I fully expect that that is why they picked that character. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Just I almost want to see the backstory of TDK, right? It, well, mm-hmm. it like makes why he almost, was in jail, yeah, and, and like why what, you know what happened to him? Why yeah, is he not? Uh, you know, why, why is he there in the first place? Yeah. I, and I, how long has he been in jail? Has he been in right? jail since he was a kid? Because why is he not the detachable man? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah. if he can detach his arms, that makes me think that his, his jail cell must be like, you know, chain link fence, right? Because otherwise he could just <laughs> detach his hands from through the bars and find a guard. I, and 
And, I pictured and, like and a annoy, hamster annoy the guard and right. annoy the guard, right? Like <laughs> maybe, maybe one of those Hamm- Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> Hannibal Lecter, or a professor, or uh, not Professor X, uh, Magneto, plastic hey, cell. You, you know, yeah. yeah. Put him in a large hamster ball. He he's not going anywhere. Yeah. But it would be kind of neat, like, be in the cell next door, and he's like, hey, let's thumb wrestle. And his, his arm just comes over, and you guys just thumb wrestle. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah I can think of could... many... Sorry, I, I can think of many instances where detachable limbs would really be beneficial. Well, as a child of the 80s, right, going to change the channel, right, how <laughs> nice would it have been to just kind of sit back on the couch and float when... your arm up there to change the channel? Sure. I was born in 1988. When you say change the channel, what does that... What are you referring to? It's a little like, twist knob. You mean pick yeah. a different? You mean pick a different app on your television? Yeah. Oh dear lord! <laughs> like Sam, Sam actually had a dial on his TV, and you actually had to rotate an antenna before you could get a signal. Well, I was going to say you had to go on the roof if you wanted to change too much. Oh of it. yeah. Well, the 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 TV. So the first TV I had in my room uh, was a box set. Like it was in encased. It was furniture, right? It was a TV inside a wooden case with the speaker built in and you know it had the turn dial whatever but you know we were new enough that we had ca- we had a cable box that sat on top so the tv lived on three and then if i wanted to play nintendo i had to physically turn the tv to four <laughs> uh click yeah so i'm that was just for the sake of the bit the first tv that i experienced in my life had a knob on it because it was my grandfather's so i i know exactly what you're talking about with changing the channel but i think it was worth it sure by the way, our listening audience won't understand what's happening, but I'm looking at your camera, Jesse, and behind your left shoulder, it looks like you have the Tesseract over there. Like, what am I looking at that's glowing? Tesseract. Oh, that's uh, my NCC1701-D Enterprise uh, glass LED display. Oh, sure. Okay. Now I can see yes. the shape. Like, to me, on yeah. my camera, it's just a giant glowing cube. I mean, it looks like... <laughs> um, at any point, Loki is going to show up and steal that thing. <coughs> Nerds, I, I could deal with that. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, as long as you're on as this long podcast, as, I get to go, <laughs> as long as I get to go with into the parallel dimension where James Gunn works for Marvel. Oh wait, he does work for Marvel. Never mind. Yeah, he's coming back. Though he did yeah, have man. some things to say about Marvel. It's interesting to. We'll get into that. So this yeah. is Cheap Seat Reviews. This is The Suicide Squad. That was the longest intro I think we've ever done on, a sh- on this show. Um, yes. And let's dive. That's it. That's the show, folks. Oh, we'll that is the show. Week. Have we even mentioned it? Yeah. So <laughs> the, the the brand new 2021 The Suicide Squad. Um, I'm glad we did this because, one, it forced me to watch the movie. And, two. Forced uh, you? I mean, to be honest, I would not have watched it otherwise if it wasn't for the podcast. Really? I, I didn't yeah, watch the first Sean, one. <laughs> Sean has this like weird twisted stick up his fanny about the DC universe, so he doesn't want anything to do with it. So when he sees a DC uh, property come out, he says, no, I'm not even going to do it because it's- Batman versus Superman ruined my life. That's what he said. I've, uh, <laughs> none of those words are true, but I uh, but thank you, Andrew. Um no, I, no, that's, I don't. That's clearly what you what you think. <laughs> I really don't like the DC universe. I do think it's terrible. I think they have uh, they don't have leadership at the top, so it's confusing um, as to what's actually happening. Uh, but 
you know, we watched the Birds of Prey movie again because of the podcast, mm-hmm. and and I had a good time with it. I thought it was fine. I again, admittedly, I have not seen Shazam, and I do need to, and I want to mainly because I like the main actor. Oh yeah, um, I it's, like, yeah. it's so much fun. You would really like that one. Yeah, I just I I just haven't made time to is is simply what it boils down to. If we do it for the podcast, then heck, why not? Then I'll make the time. Um, but I only watched. I've seen the first Suicide Squad like. I've seen the first hour like three times, but it's always on so late on TNT that I never get to finish it. Um, <laughs> so I know how it begins, but I don't know how it ends at all. Um, I just know that Will Smith and Harley Quinn survive because she's in the next movie, and they uh, say multiple pieces of trivia in this movie is that Idris Elba was actually brought in to replace Will Smith, and then they changed their minds to give Idris a, a different character so that Will Smith can come back and be Deadshot. So if there's oh. going to be a third one of these movies. But which is weird. I'm actually, but, I'm in the same boat as you, though, Sean. Like, I I probably would not have gone, oh, okay, I'm going to make some time and sit down and watch this. Not out of, like, any fear that the DC Universe movies will be bad, but just out of sheer not caring about them, like oh, really? I saw, See, yeah, like I've, I've I saw been Wonder Woman. Forward to this one for a while, with, I, with James Gunn, you know, put at the yeah, helm of it. I, I if, was, I was excited about it. In fact, if I there think, was one that I would be excited for, it would be this one because yeah. this is the first one that I feel like had its own identity, um, just from the marketing that I've seen. Because I, having not watched the others, I have to go kind of based on the marketing and then the reactions, right? Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, that definitely holds up. This one has definite James Gunn fingerprints in it, and we'll we'll get into that. But I personally wouldn't have picked it as far as like a movie that I would go, okay, there has to be some way I can get this in this weekend. Um, I have been told by a lot of people that I know that they really wanted me to watch it, so I probably would have at yeah. some point. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't one where I was like, okay, I have to see this because in my head going in, I was like, this this has to be their version of guardians because they like, as soon as he was fired, it was like the next day that they hired him. Oh gosh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they were on him quick. And, and he was fresh off guardians too. So they knew that he has this formula that worked at least for Marvel. So it, it, it really felt, um, the optics of it, if I could use that word, which I hate, um, felt like they went, Hey, come make that movie for us instead. And he went, you know what? I'm going to. And I'm going to stick it to Marvel by making the Guardians-est Guardians movie that I can, but rated R. Yeah. And if you look at yeah, it from that perspective, it's like, he totally succeeded in doing that, I think. Yeah. And in my perspective... Go ahead, Sam. Or unless you're talking and you're muted. In I which case, this is, best, this is the best... This is the best... Yep. No, totally agree, Sam. He, he was... Wanted- yeah. He was saying in his purse. He, uh, <laughs> I'm back. No. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So I, you know, I went and saw Black Widow in the theaters because I I didn't want to wait for it on streaming. Whereas with Suicide Squad, because it was on HBO Max, I watched it the weekend it came out, and I and I probably wouldn't have gone to see it in the theater. Well, I'll be fair. Right. The weekend it came out, it was five days ago. So I mean, it's not like oh yeah, it's not like we've yeah. been waiting a long time. So yeah, for this movie to come out, but. Um, and I, I do feel like I sort of need to defend myself a little bit to Andrew's uh, bashing of my character. I don't like the DCEU <laughs> movies because I don't think any of them are any good except Wonder Woman. 
I think they're all bad. So he's not wrong. I haven't seen I haven't seen Shazam, but um, but Andrew's also he's not wrong when he says I was sticking my butt because they're all kind of bad. And well, so, DC has an OP I'm, problem. I'm, they're I'm they're confused. they're people are OP. No, the, the, yeah, they have an OP as in they don't like OP doesn't I like. I thought them. you were trying to. Def- I thought you were trying to defend against what I said. You're just agreeing with what no, I said. No, I'm one hundred percent. No, I'm agreeing with the fact that they're bad movies. What I'm what I'm what I'm defending against is that if if a new one comes out, I'll watch it. Uh, when the new gotcha. Batman, when the new Pattinson Batman comes out, I'll go watch it. I'm not saying I hate DC movies. I'm not saying I don't want to be entertained. What I'm saying is is that they haven't figured their shit out. It's yeah. it feels like the entire DCE universe right now, or the DC. EU, whatever it's called, is <laughs> is in the same listless uh, world as post Disney Star Wars, yeah. where they've got those. Do you uh, think? Do you actually you think Star Wars there, is safe now? But you had a point yeah. for probably a year, three, four, five years there. But I think it's safe now with Filoni and, yeah. and the other. Right, but the problem is, is that with Filoni and them, all we're going to get is great TV. We're not going to get any more of those sequel movies. Like only movies we're going to get is filler movies like Han, you know, Solo (laughs) Two, and and I'm sure that whoever direct the guy Gareth Edwards that directed Rogue One, which was great, then eventually we'll get the Botham story on how all the Botham died died to (laughs) to get us this information because. Rogue One's the best movie since Disney purchased. Help Rogue One's better than yeah. anything other than four, five, and six. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. well what what I was gonna ask, Sean, is do you think it's fair though to that you that you might be a little biased when you think about a DC movie and like have, go in with kind of a preconceived notion that this movie's probably going to be bad. That's totally fair. That's 100%. Okay. Fair. Okay. No, again, I'm leaning into it because I expected this to be bad on the just because it had DC in the front of it, honestly. Yep. Because mm-hmm. when I, because I had to ask Sam a thousand questions yesterday when we were when we agreed to this movie. I said, "Is this movie a sequel?" And he says, "No." And I said, "So the first one doesn't exist." And he says, "Well, that's not true either. The first one still kind of exists, but it doesn't. This isn't a, a reboot because those characters are in the. And I'm like, okay, so like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so confusing. And even James Gunn literally says it's not a sequel, it's not a reboot. It just is what it is. Yeah. So like that yeah, other because you've got some survivors from the the the, the Suicide Squad, the first one that that reappear in this one, and of course Margot Robbie is. Right, so that's what's conf- one. like. Let's literally. Like, it's so funny because they have to explain in this movie why she's in the movie. They're like, "Hey, how did you get back in jail?" And she's like, "Oh, I robbed a bank or something." Like they had to explain why she's back in jail because the last time we saw her, she wasn't in jail. She was <laughs> out gallivanting with her friends and birds of prey, being vigilantes. So pissed off about breakfast foods right looking for her burrito <laughs> so that's that's what was confusing is like if this is just a straight up reboot of that movie then then the timeline still kind of works then then she can well, still or escape like she escapes at the end of this movie and then birds of prey can be but this movie because she literally says i made a promise that like i wouldn't let boyfriends whatever right that's the quote-unquote gross that we got from her from Birds of Prey. So this is obviously after Birds of Prey. So, so anyway. why yeah. why couldn't it, I, in my head, like, I just watched it as a sequel. Like, okay, this is the, because I remember the same um, 
I cannot remember the Walla, or I think is the woman's name, mm-hmm. the woman in charge of the unit. She, yeah. like, I remember her from the marketing of the first movie. She was definitely still in charge. So that character is the same. I know that Margot Robbie, like you said, has been in several things as the same character. So I just figured this was a sequel and they had a ton of supervillains to burn through because they were like, eh, yeah, the people from the first movie, I assumed, were mostly dead. And they were like, <laughs> they're they're not in this because we have so many to choose from that we don't pick the same guys every time. Suicide Squad means all of these losers, not just whoever happens to be in the current uh, on the current mission, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was easy to just assume it was a regular sequel. And I don't know why they wouldn't just say that. Like, yep, it's it's just a sequel. It's like, the next version of Suicide Squad. Yeah, or it's is, the next thing that takes place in the Suicide Squad unit. Like, we don't... Yeah. It's not those characters. It's just the same setting. So that's a sequel, I think. <laughs> like... But like, the, the but, the, but they're so they're so afraid of being associated with the first Suicide Squad. It just blows my mind because the they should have changed the name. Isn't that good? But it's not like the worst movie ever. They should have yeah, changed I the agree. name if they were that worried about it. They should have changed it to you know uh, Bloodsport and the well, Howling you, they, Crazies or whatever. They they keep the name Suicide Squad because this movie is. And Andrew, you you you're the only DC guy here. I'm sorry, Corny's not here to help you, but um, this movie is more true, from what I read in the trivia, to the original '60s and '70s comics of the Suicide Squad. And James yeah. Gunn specifically picked different villains, obviously, except for Harley Quinn and and Flag. Um, but he picked these guys because they're obscure, and that's the point. Is like. Mm-hmm. It's they're supposed to be these weird, obscure. They're they're supposed to be bad guys that are bad at being bad guys. Yep. Like these are the yep. guys that the regular police can stop. You don't need Batman to stop these guys. You know what I'm saying? Like you just the regular police force can stop these guys. So, um, anyway. <laughs> so Michael Rooker sure is looking orange for eight eight <laughs> eight minutes, six minutes. I, I actually I wrote down how long it took in case you guys are wondering. They set the whole movie up. I, what I wrote was this movie doesn't care that I don't know anything about it and is actually almost counting on that, it would seem. And it took two minutes and 58 seconds to set up the entire movie. Yeah. Now, yeah. here's my question. Um, right after they did that, they set the movie up again. Like. <laughs> They explain well, to you what was, the Suicide was, it, Squad well, is. They go get a bad guy. They put him on the team. The mission starts. Like, oh, okay. And then they flash they, back to doing that. Basically, what they wanted that. to tell us is, is they wanted the head fake. And I think they wanted right. us to, to assume that we are going full barrel into this, especially by putting Flag and Roby on the first team. And by the way, we're going to spoil the hell out of this uh, here in a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I guess I should put that. And, Spoilers <laughs> alert. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and... By doing so and then doing what they did and and massacring the first batch of baddies, including Nathan Fillion, which I thought was going to make it at least for a little bit longer, <laughs> right? It totally set the tone that nobody was safe. It, it's, right. it does what I love what movies do and, and, and set um, – there, there's – not standards um, – stakes – Right. There's stakes in this movie, and it feels like nobody's safe, and at any point, anybody can die. 
And I, I, I love that about this movie. But here's a question. Okay. If they, okay. This movie has some heavy Rick and Morty vibes to it. Um, for me yeah, anyway. So I'm going to use a, a Rick and Morty thing. Uh, I have a flashback to two weeks ago when you were still alive. You like that? Like, how about we start our stories at the start and not at the part where they get interesting? Like, I just, can you put the movie chronologically together? Like, do we have to have a flashback that's that's five minutes long just to set up that, yes, it's hyper-violent, yes, everyone can die, this, that, and the other thing? Because you could argue that if we spent, the whole time we spent with Idris Elba, right? If we spend that time also with Nathan Fillion and Michael Rooker and this, that, and the other thing, it's possible that their deaths would be more impactful when they do eat it almost immediately at the start of the mission. But it was one of those things where I was in, I was in the same boat as Sean, where I was like, "Eh," like I'm going into it almost with my arms crossed, but more of like, okay, you have, you have basically a clean slate here, DC, because I don't have any frame of reference outside of, I did like wonder woman. And I actually, I kind of liked man of steel. I didn't really hate it. I thought it was a little bit eh, moody, I guess, but like it was fine. And to be a hundred percent clear, I'm a pretty big DC comics fan. I just, that's why the movies I think are so frustrating because I, I know that they have good characters and they have good storylines and they just, they're like, no, let's make another Superman movie and another Batman movie. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Okay, and if they don't do that, then they make a movie out of the Batman bad guys, you know, and it's like this, that, and the other thing. But all that having been said, the note that I have immediately following all of those complaints was I totally get why they did it this way. And I think I'm okay with it because it was really, really enjoyable. Like they gave everybody their little moment. It was kind of like the uh, the javelin guy, right? He was almost like a (laughs) Thor equivalent. And they were like pretty foreigner guy with an enchanted weapon. Oh, he's wasted. Like, and then you have the ugly foreigner guy with an enchanted weapon. Oh, he's wasted. Like it was just, yeah, it, it, the toning of it, uh, caught me off guard, but I think I settled into it as the movie went forward. I was a little disappointed that we didn't get more than six minutes of Michael Rooker, but, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, (laughs) This is how I operate. I, I talk like at length and then I sit back. <laughs> so one of the things I do, I will, will respond is with the flashback. I'm, I'm very cool with the flashback. I mean, that's how like, like um, the Deadpool movie, the whole movie is basically a flashback yeah. until the end. So I'm, yeah. I'm good with the multiple timelines. That never bothered me. And um, I personally, this is funny. So I watched the trailers going into this. So I knew the movie was going to be about Idris Elba and the shark and uh, Margot Robbie and John Cena. So when that first team is being assembled, I thought, okay. Like, I, I didn't care. Like I was like, oh, that's Michael Rookier. I didn't know he was in this. And wait, that's Nathan Fillion? Because he's in nothing. He's in none of the promos. So I didn't even, I didn't know he was in it. So I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. And he's in it. So I didn't care that the first team died, but I don't know if I'm supposed to. I think literally it's a punchline. Like it's, um, I wouldn't even consider the movie because you said the movie sets it up. I think of that's just the, the preface, right? That's just here's here's what we get to expect in this movie. There's going to be a lot of violence, and that right. one guy gets shot in the face, yeah. which was funny. And there's going to be some stuff like that, and then we have the opening credits, which was amazing. I love the way that they like. <laughs> They, like the blood in the water changed to the, 
the like the credits and stuff. Like I love all of that stylistic, um, those stylistic choices that James Gunn makes. So then when we get into Team Two, you're like, oh, here's the start of the movie. Um, and I I kind of like how they do some of the other. You know, we're in one spot for a while, and we're going to stay here, and then we see the consequences of what's happening in the other scene. And then we, you know, eight minutes later, or eight minutes earlier, we see how we, we got there. So those those choices I actually like a lot. Those are some of my favorite moments of the movie, honestly. Um, but what we haven't done yet is five-word reviews, and we all took the time to write them, and so now we're going to share them. So I think tradition states that Sam goes first. All right. Right. Um, Yeah, I've got two. And I've got uh, one that says beautifully buddy. I'm sorry. Beautiful, bloody, neon colored lollipop. (laughs) That's what he also called me in college. So it's fine. Yeah. And then the one I I enjoy the most is polka dot man made relevant. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I had one heck of a good time with this movie. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Now, is it, it's the same review I kind of give, you know, like Jurassic Park and things like that. Is this not, this is not a, a perfect movie. There are some desperate flaws in this sucker, but I don't care. I had a blast. I had fun. I belly laughed in several parts of this movie. Um, when, when you find out that they, they killed the, the rebel army, um, and, oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> it's like a throwaway. It's and 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 even when the 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 uh, the bunch of them were getting killed at the first at the beginning, I just I howled. I I thought it was brilliant, and it it, it subverted my expectations, which is which is what I really love about these types of things. And uh, I don't know. I think James Gunn did it again, and I I think he did a great job with it. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah the 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 stuff that you're not <laughs> expecting, like the weasel jumps out and it can't swim, like like it's not intelligent enough to say, "Hey, I can't, I can't swim." swim. <laughs> and so when when the boss uh, Waller, she's like looking at her staff. She's like, "No one checked to see if he could swim," and they're all like not making eye contact with her. <laughs> Like that's like we can all relate to that, right? Um, yes. Yeah, it was just it was so much fun. The, I did have some problems. I think the um, the uh, if there was a scene that could be cut or changed, definitely between the uh, Elba and his daughter, I thought was very forced. And and I, yeah. I I'm okay with swear words, especially in a rated R movie, but it just didn't feel right in that scene between those two. It felt excessive. Um. I guess because you've never had a shouting match of F you to your kids before. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, neither have I, obviously. It's not like I can relate to the moment either, but I'm saying. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, uh, other than that, I thought this was, was a fun, perfect movie for the end of summer. Um, it put me in a good mood when I'm, you know, not really wanting to go back to work and, and all that sort of stuff. So sure. um, I, I really enjoyed it. All right. Andrew, what you got? Well, I'm up two words on my count this time, as usual. Uh, Dunn pulls DC out of the muck. Yeah. And I think he really did. I agree with Sam. You know, I'm not going to say the DC movies are perfect by any means, (laughs) and some of them are bad. Um, But I don't know why James Gunn just 
doesn't do all of the DC films. He should just do them all because this was, like Sam said, a heck of a lot of fun. I, too, I know you're not supposed to laugh necessarily at death, but, <laughs> but every time somebody got it in this movie, I was rolling on the floor. <laughs> uh, you know, with the exception of maybe Flag, you know, when his death happened, it was, yeah. was kind of sad. That was, you know, that he's, was he's kind of a, yeah. But the rest of it, <laughs> and the shark, King Shark, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and I honestly didn't know that that was Sylvester Stallone until the very end of my wife actually said, you know that was Sylvester Stallone, right? I said, no, it wasn't. And so she looked it up, and I was like, oh. Okay, I guess it was. Um, <laughs> which kind of made it even better because I just, I kind of always picture him as kind of a dumb oaf, but uh, <laughs> I know that's terrible. Um, but yeah, I I loved it. I loved every moment of it. Uh, I do agree that I, that uh, some of that stuff with the daughter probably could have been cut and, and it wouldn't have taken mm-hmm. away from mm-hmm. the film. Um but, we needed you know, we needed the, something with the daughter so that we get the the one the motivation that Waller has the the leverage Waller has over right. Elba and two when he's bonding with the rat girl later and has the line you remind yep. me of my daughter that has weight so we yeah. have something maybe maybe we didn't you know, need to have a Tarantino scream fest moment there but yeah. You know what I'm glad they did, and you you kind of already mentioned it when Harley Quinn said she you know she's kind of swearing off boys or guys or whatever. I'm glad that because I was afraid when I saw the previews that they were going to set up something between Harley Quinn and and Flag. It's kind of yeah. a relationship yeah. thing type, uh, and I'm glad that they didn't go that direction. Uh, so there wasn't uh, a love story between any characters that we really had to deal with. Um, but you know. I have have not laughed at death so much in a long time. All right, right on. So there we go. Jesse, do you have a five-word review? Yes, I do. <clears throat> so I wrote, well, Warner got their guardians. Yeah. <laughs> it, there, there is so, there are so many, I mean, Yes, I was looking for them, right? But there are a lot of direct parallels in the two teams, right? Like, Peacemaker is pretty much Drax, but with a foul mouth, which this, me reducing these things to an equivalent of another thing plus something isn't me saying I didn't enjoy them. John Cena's Peacemaker was a hoot. Like, the dude has timing. (laughs) He is good on camera. He knows how to act. Like, he is he he did a great job. I think there's probably no actors that I didn't really enjoy. I think everybody did a pretty good job. Um but for me it's it's very copy paste. Like if you look at it from a, a what am I expecting this director to do thing? The only experience I have with this director is Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm like, I'm sort of expecting this to be kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess, going in, not knowing almost anything about it. Um, And it is a lot like that. I mean, it's snappy, catchy soundtrack, great needle drops, um, lots of fun action, uh, lots of use of physical action as the timing um, for the comedy, right? So like, instead of 
somebody falling down or Drax not moving. It's Pete Davidson getting shot in the face when he's clearly being an asshole anyway. Um, and I will point out, I actually did not like Pete Davidson at all, like just on site until I watched his stand up. That kid is funny and he is very, very solid stand up comedian. I, I haven't seen him on SNL or anything, but he's he's very funny stand up. Um, check that out. I definitely recommend it. He is self-aware in a way that makes him much more tolerable. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the, you know, going into it kind of expecting a fun, uh, guardians esque ride. I definitely got that. And there were so many moments where I was like, okay, here's this character from guardians. Here's this dynamic from guardians that didn't take away from the movie for me. It's still the most fun I've had watching a DC movie since I saw wonder woman and it is probably one of the few DC movies where I could tell people like, yeah, it's definitely worth your time to check it out. You're going to have a lot of fun. I laughed several times like out loud, you know, to myself with headphones on, which always feels like a weird thing to do. <laughs> like you laugh and then you realize nobody anywhere real knows why you're laughing. So you just kind of look a little bit insane. But um, the bright spot of this movie, I think for me is definitely margot robbie's harley quinn i have never seen her play that character before um and the depiction of her particular psychosis as like flowers and rainbows and butterflies pouring out of people that she kills i think is brilliant and she plays that character with a ton of depth like way more depth than the character might deserve like you know, at first glance, right? Like this is a, a dumb side character that was not meant for much, but she gives her such depth and, and weight and realness. I think like you can see the trauma in her when she's struggling to maintain her grip on reality, that back and forth argument about, um, Milton, like when it was happening, I'm like, (laughs) okay, this is, this is really, really dumb. Like, I don't like this scene. I do not like it. And then later on, when she told Idris Elba, I'll always be your friend, Milton, I was like, okay, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not my name. And she's like, dude, we just had a conversation for like three hours about how your name is Milton. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is, this is well done. Like, if that's what I had to sit through to get that payoff, then I'm fully willing to do it. Like, I, I was very impressed with Margot Robbie this entire movie, honestly. And I mean, Idris Elba, you you can't complain about Idris Elba. The dude rocks every role that he's in. And that helmet was very, very cool. I suspect we will see a large influx of douchebags riding around on crotch rockets with that design painted on their helmet (laughs) in the next 16 months. It it was very very reminiscent of uh, uh, Star-Lord, you know, and uh, and that in that manner that it can just kind of come in the animation. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I I had a lot of fun with it. I love Peter Capaldi, like to even put Peter Capaldi in like a throwaway role, I think is brilliant. Um, I really, really enjoy him. And I, like you guys have all said, the movie knows what it is. It revels in what it is. And it pretty well executes that for the most part. Um, I'm I'm in the same boat as well though where it's like I'm not without complaints and I'm not without mm-hmm. criticisms um but I I did find myself laughing enjoying the movie 
almost despite myself because going in, I was like, I don't know anything about this. I know um, that Margot Robbie is in it and that Idris Elba is in it, and that's pretty much enough for me. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, I hope that, I hope something happens that I'm also interested in, and luckily it was. Now I will close out my second 15 minute chunk of talking in <laughs> one long breath by saying what I really want, though. Like at the end of this movie, the thing I want the most is not the next chapter of Suicide Squad. Honestly, I want the Starro movie that is just Starro floating in space for like a thousand years of just desolate sadness and being happy, <laughs> inter, you know, intertwined with, you know, eons of happiness just looking at the stars. Like, I want that movie. I want Starro out in space dealing with stuff that we have no idea about just floating like a crazy giant monster in space because that sounds cool but you know if if this is how we have to get starro who i didn't know about before this movie i'm i'm grateful for it i had a ton of fun with starro and i think it was an excellent uh, <laughs> uh final villain final boss character for this movie uh, to your point specifically about the harley quinn and her depth um I actually think it's worth you going and watching because it's on HBO. Um, I think it's on HBO. You should go watch Birds of Prey. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think, honestly, that movie helps this character in this movie because that movie is all about her, her, her demons and her issues and the way she thinks. And Margot Robbie, Robbie, excuse me, uh, even stated for this movie, she liked the fact that this movie wasn't Harley centric. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, honestly, she's like a tertiary character because really yeah. the movie is about Idris Elba and John Cena. Those are the two heavies of the film. Yeah. And she's right. kind of the, the third. And I think she's suited, more suited for that because all she has to do is be a chaos agent. You know, come in and do some crazy, you know. I mean, honestly, oh. I I oh. about wet myself when she shot that guy. I did not see that coming at all. Yeah. And I and it literally gave me most a, yeah. yeah, the most surprising and the most emotional scene. Yeah. Because yeah. then she gives this this monologue where she's like, Look, man, <laughs> while he's I'm, dying I'm, on yeah, the ground. She's like, yeah. I'm killing you because you are uh, i'm into you like if i'm into you that's a bad sign so i'm yeah. i'm just going to kill you like you're, how because you're gorgeous that's some growth man <laughs> but also yeah. you're also a terrible person that kills children like i can't be down with that so yeah um, i would argue that she's definitely a heavy in this movie it's just that she doesn't need to be featured to be a heavy right like yeah, i mean right. she takes out two of the three main bad guys in the movie and one of them is a kaiju like she 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 is i feel like this is probably the most fun i'll have watching that character in a dc movie but i'm not opposed to going back and checking out birds of prey you should watch it it's not she's a force to be reckoned with you know and and yeah yeah like you mentioned before she went into the the royal palace as a prisoner and came out you know (laughs) (laughs) came out just I, I just that amazing. Well, like goes, you said, the, the flowers and rainbows, and then drops down. Yeah, hey guys, what you doing? Yeah, you know, her, it's, it's we're we're coming offer, to rescue. Yeah, we're coming to rescue her, you. Oh, I can go yeah. back in if you want. <laughs> her offer to go back in, yeah, is is played as a joke 
but she delivers it with a level of sincerity that's like, oh, she means that. She meant like, yeah, she would, go back she would walk back yeah. in there. She doesn't care. Like she'll actually walk back in there and wait for them. Like that's really sweet. I I appreciated that big time. And then and then it adds to the level of of how insane Peacemaker is, where he's willing to shoot the lady making coffee. Like <laughs> there's yeah. only one subject in there, and I got a beat on her. It's like she's making coffee. Leave her alone. Good gracious. <laughs> Dude, I love that they jean, even jean shorts with a, a braided belt. I just I, yeah. I I laughed so hard at his jean shorts and a braided belt. That was. was I love that they draw attention also to the fact that his name is Peacemaker. He's killing more than anybody else. <laughs> yeah. <in the> world. <laughs> they they could have called him Team America Man, right? Like yeah. it's the same the same yeah. trope, right? But they uh, <sighs> the thing that I I think that they did really well was they they set you up to not really like any of these characters but to pick ones out to root for right yeah. because there were certain characters that cuz none of these people are are likable they're not likable people they're terrible people but some of them are relatable too right so it it's like they they the that's why they have, like you had mentioned, Sean, that's why they have his daughter. Now, I would argue the daughter is also there almost primarily as a way to get uh, uh, Waller out of out of the picture because that's the the thing that causes all her employees to be like, oh, yeah, maybe this isn't how we should run things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, Molecule Man went through puberty and is kind of stuck in like this eternal hell puberty version of a cursed superpower and so it's like yeah everybody knows what going through puberty is like that sucked uh and you know so they give you these relatable things um but it it, i don't know it the movie the definite there was some definitely some stuff in the movie that made me go okay james gunn is doing this because he would not be allowed to in a marvel movie and when he conceived this movie he was probably freshly pissed at them yeah. So he's mm. kind of lashing out like, okay, well, there's some anger the, in there for yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll give the secretary a huge rack and I'll barely cover it. Oh, and I'll have characters faces explode. Oh, I'll have them talk about sex. Oh, I'll have them say the F word. You know, it's like, okay. Like some of it felt like it's there for the sake of it. And then the kind of stuff that you touch on in a Marvel movie, but that you don't revel in like laughing at somebody's trauma, right? Like they do that throughout this movie and it's a little bit uncomfortable, but in a Marvel movie, they could do it if they made one joke about it and then moved on, right? So, yeah. like, you know, they do that a lot with Rocket, for example, in the movie Guardians. They'll, you know, oh, yeah, everybody you know is gone. Or, like, oh, you don't even know your own past, you know? And it's like, yeah, that's not something you should casually hurl at somebody. That could be devastating, right? But they move right past that into, you know, fun soundtrack thing. This movie spends more time with it, and I get that it's a grittier, more, like, darker-toned movie, um, but as a person who watches things for entertainment, that took some of my entertainment factor down personally. Overall, like I said, though, I still definitely enjoyed the movie. Um, on that note, I could have done without the Mortal Kombat fatality camera on the guy whose name is literally American Flag, like <laughs> Rick, Rick as in Amer Rick and Flag. Um, but I, I fully understand why they did it because it's like you, you've got a bunch of super powered villains here. You know, you got to make sure that people know, no, this character is not coming back. Like, which we kind of, I would, I would also lean into like really with the John Cena post credit scene. But, um, 
My complaints are small. Well, we, they're they're not non-existent, but they didn't ruin the movie for me. I guess is how I would say it. You have to have the John Cena post-credit scene because he's getting his own show, right? So you, which he got shot in the neck, and like, okay, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're going to need to be like, well, also he's got whatever healing or super soldier or something, because like you can't just be yoked and survive a shot to the freaking aorta. I don't think. As far as, I don't know. I mean, as far as we know, he's just strong and insane. Um, he was too angry to die. Yeah, yeah. He loved America too much or something. I don't know. <laughs> I love uh, peace so much. <laughs> yeah, I love peace so much. I'm willing to kill every man, woman, and child to, to obtain it. You know, I mean, he's, he's that. Um, my five-word review was uh, fun violence with, with some heart. Fun yep. violence with some heart. Um, I will say, as far as the characters not being very likable, um, I think we all like an asshole like Idris Elba's character. I mean, some of our favorite characters in Marvel, I mean, we all love Tony Stark, and he's kind of an asshole most of the time. Now, he's not this level asshole. He's it's a you know snark and sarcastic and a little bit of a douche, but you know, Idris Elba's full-on, he'll kill, he'll kill you for a dollar kind of guy. But the rat girl, you know, she's she's the heart and soul of the movie, and, um, you know, she's the she's the the nice happy thing in in the movie, and, you know, anyway. So I I, I, I still don't understand how she was thrown in that prison. She was, I I know she was, it was what a, a bank robbery or or some sort of yeah they they considered the rats to be a weapon right, but at the same point I'm like. It just seems strange to me that that level, even though Superman almost died, according to this, right? Yeah. With uh, Elba, but yet, anyway, I it just well, seemed, yeah. The the prison the the, 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 the the prison I was weird to me. Yeah, the idea that that his daughter, who shoplifted at sixteen, could be in the same prison as a man shark is ridiculous. Yeah, but again, I, she used it for leverage. I don't, you know. They probably have different floors of the prison, like. <laughs> or, or they might have just, you know, they considered her almost like a super villain or a superpower that she had. But apparent was, but wasn't it some sort of technology she was using? Uh, anyway, yeah, I, it was the technology that that uh, yeah. uh, Taika Waititi had given her to uh, to control the rats. So it's like, yeah. I mean, Ant Man doesn't have power; he's a suit. And he has a little yeah. thingy that controls the ants, um, so it's the same thing. It's just a little little magic wand that she uses to. It looked like a PS4 uh, motion controller. Motion controller. Motion controller. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, a few notes I have, and we'll we'll get into some clips. I have a few. Uh, actually, I actually don't have a lot, mainly because there's not a lot of dialogue that doesn't have the F word in it. So there's that. Um, <laughs> Uh, but my literally my first note was wow this movie jumped straight into it which I really liked I liked that we just yes. got straight into it and that we didn't need to know um, all that <laughs> and then the, the bird is picking his brain oh yeah that's pretty great uh, you know as of, he's floating on the ocean I thought I, I giggled at that too uh, I wrote ha ha the weasel is dead um, I, and then I wrote Nathan Fillion is on the poster but dies in the first five minutes and so then when we when he said you know, eight hours later or a day later or whatever, I thought, oh, here's a chance to get more Nathan Fillion. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, no, he's not there. He's still just <laughs> slapping people on, uh, awkwardly in the face with his floaty arms. Well, 
And actually, the weasel is not dead. Well, yeah, right, yeah. We, we got the most pointless after credit scene ever with him. Like, oh, I don't care about the weasel. Yeah, like, oh, give I me the action. Give me the give me the John Cena. Like, I don't care. Like, give me John Cena. That's fine if you're gonna set that up. Even though he clearly got shot in the neck. Like, I, I don't care about the weasel. It's the same or, level or, or as do uh, something. Oh, go ahead. I would say it's the same level level as Captain America at the end of Spider Man. Uh, homecoming where he's like do we have to do these anymore like he's you know making fun of it you know of the end I, but at least that was a, a fun like oh hey it's captain america that's the actual I mean, it's the, a, actual actor that plays him and yeah. it's a, you know but like what they i think what they should have done was killed the weasel like he should have woke up and been like oh i didn't drown and then like taken yeah. two steps and got shot i feel like they they could have done more with it to make it funnier like one more like gut punch uh, yeah, just laughing. Without that, it's kind of like we. There is no arguable reason to put that in the movie. <laughs> I think it was literally because uh, the, because the mocap for for the weasel was Sean Gunn. So they're like, Sean's like, hey, can I get one more scene? Yeah, okay, there you go. You can. He was on. He was already on screen in the movie with no makeup. I. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're already in your dot suit. We'll just go ahead and have you land the beach and get you up and just <laughs> run away awkwardly. <laughs> Oh, and the I believe the translation for the gentleman's club that they were looking to go to to meet the thinker was the nice little, and then I'm going to put this in quotes, kitty. I believe that was the translation of the name of the club. No, oh, okay. Did you see the? Yes. Did you get the? Did you see the Marvel connection in the club? Anybody? Yeah, Mantis not. was yeah. dancing. Yeah, Mantis. Was oh, was dancing. she? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did notice that they showed us one dancer's face for some reason, but I didn't recognize that that's, it was that's, Mantis. That's Mantis. Yeah, it was her. That's why, oh, they, no. that's why she got I three. I didn't catch that either. Yeah, they got three seconds of her because they're like, the director's like, see, I can put my friends in movies too. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, was she, I, I'm going to have to go back and watch this now. Was she dressed as Mantis? Or no, was she's it just, just a the... dancer. She's just one of the exotic dancers up on the table. Okay. That's why you didn't recognize her. She had regular eyes and no and antenna. No, yeah, no antenna. <laughs> that, are, that are used to help her not bunk her head on the doors as she walks through. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wow, they killed a village of friendlies because they had bad, because the bad lady said kill everyone. And then like you said, they just kind of make a joke about it. Like, what happened to my team? Nothing. Didn't see anybody. There's no one out here. Like they're making a joke. <laughs> they killed thirty people. I loved that so much. It was funny. <laughs> that I mean, was that was probably <laughs> what I laughed the most because during the whole scene, I mean, they're killing all these people, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. They're taking out all these guys, <laughs> and then they're just like, they find out that they've just killed the wrong people, <laughs> people that could have helped them. <laughs> well, the the. The, the the moment that I started to think this doesn't feel right is when he killed the woman that's just doing dishes, and and, yeah. and my other thought was they're not being quiet. How has the entire village not heard <laughs> all of the violence happening and come running like that guy taking a bath? How did he not hear all of the stuff happening? Like, well, none of them were on guard. It's like they were all just on like. Ha- like- the army version of house duty. Like they were washing like, clothes. They were hanging out. Yeah. They were, I mean, making tea. this, this is going to sound mean. They, they all sucked. So they kind of deserve yeah. to die. You know, like <laughs> not one of them thought not to scream. Hey, here comes some, you know, whatever. Like it was just, whatever it was. It, it was pretty funny though. Um, it's called project starfish because it's an actual starfish. I wrote that. It's kind of fun. 
Uh, I already mentioned that. Let's see. Oh, how do you want to show that the bad guy is a really bad guy? Have him burn birds. You know? Just, oh, yeah. There's, there's, we, we don't really need that scene. We just need to show that he's a bad guy. So he burns a... a which, of, which um, honestly, I maybe I'm a bad person. You but are. I didn't really care that he burned birds. I didn't care either. Well, but him, we, I thought it was going to... Something to, like... I thought Harley was going to get upset. Or I, I thought it had something to do with a future scene in the movie otherwise well, it's, it's just we already know he's a bad guy we don't need to know anymore it parallels him to the thinker because they're both uh cruel to animals at whatever you know to they're both willing to attain power at whatever cost and they both happen to demonstrate it in the same movie by being cruel to animals it's just that one of them is being cruel to an animal from outer space that's three stories tall yeah Uh, okay. Uh, last few notes here. Um, it's weird hearing the polka dot man without his Russian accent. Um, <laughs> cause you know, from Ant-Man. Um, I actually, I think I saw him first on the league and he played a mortician who was into non-conventional pornography. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember that too. That's right. I think I believe yeah. that was him. Yeah. I mean, you don't forget that guy's face. Uh, one last note that I have, uh, well, not one last one, but one of the last few notes here is I love the backstory we get on the Rat Catcher 2 and how she's telling the story because a lot of times what happens is, is she tells the story and we as the audience go to the physical place. So all we hear is her telling the story and see the thing. But in this case, having the story told on the glass of the bus behind her, we get context, we get the visual context of what's happening, and we still get to see her act. We get to see her yeah. emotional. Like I thought that was such a brilliant thing because we get we get both worlds, and I thought that we need more of those moments. Like I know that we're getting a lot more recently, like especially with when when movies have cell phones where if someone gets a text message instead of showing the camera over the shoulder looking at the phone, which is hard to read. They just put a little, you know, message bubble in the air, which I'm fine with. Like it's like this, this is what that reminds me of is that we're not wasting time going somewhere else. We're staying in the moment. We're staying here so that she can act. We can see her act and we can see the others around her act while also seeing the story. I thought it was brilliant. I really did. It was just, it lets, it lets her focus on her, feelings from telling the story and we still get to your point though it's a great way to put them all in the same environment because they're experiencing a story she is reliving an experience right yeah so it's it's an excellent excellent way to illustrate that it's a very very good point uh last couple notes um even the tech staff sucks and then about 10 notes later (laughs) okay the tech team isn't totally bad um, but now that they're on board, how about some air support? Like it, you know what I'm saying? Like it felt weird. Like they felt like they could do more for the team than to give them map quest directions. You know, I, like, yeah. I felt like it was almost a direct parallel with, uh, the other two villains, right? Where it was like, look at the animal cruelty. And then you have Waller treating all these criminals like animals, like to them, to her, they're an expendable resource, right? She's she's right. not thinking of them as people that could do a thing. She's like, these are tools to get this job done, which is just how um, you know the general sees 
uh, Starro and how the thinker sees Starro, you know? So it's like, there's your, your parallel there. So it's like, they're not, it's not like they're saying, you know, Hey, we need to make sure everybody lives. It's like, they're just going, Hey, let's at least not treat them. Like, let's not waste these resources (laughs) at least. Like, let's try with what we have. My guess is that they're very limited on what they're allowed to do. I was a little surprised that at the end they were just like, also give me a helicopter. And they were like, okay, here, like you just, you just held them all to like ransom and self disavowed and you want to disappear, but also come pick me up. Like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I guess that was just one of those, the moments for me was like the, the, after the golf club to the head, and they're like, all right, back to work. I, I was expecting them to go, okay, how can we help them? Well, like, like that little room felt like they had, this, they had more power than the Pentagon, right? Like we don't know what division they are, but like. Oh, maybe that is, who's, maybe that's them specifically then who sent the helicopter. Because otherwise they wouldn't, they wouldn't have a ride. Well, my, Amanda Waller was awake at that point making the deal with Elba. Well, that's so true. Maybe, you know, maybe she was like, all right, I'll let you go. I'll give you a ride off the island. But from that point, we're going to just. I mean, there's still the plot point that those little explosive things are still in their necks, and so they can yeah. still GPS track them wherever they go. Um, but I just felt like, hey, we're gonna have to battle this giant thing, and I don't know, can can you can you task a C-130 over here or something <laughs> like like anything, right? You know, is there an aircraft carrier nearby that can scramble a couple F-18s that we can shoot this thing with something? Anyway, yeah, was, in this in this DC world, and I'm asking because I'm not familiar. Is kaiju not a world level threat? Like, do 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 other governments not go? Okay, I know we're not friendly, but that could threaten the entire world. So we'll come help you. Like, that's a good point, Sean. Yeah, couldn't she have called someone and been like, "Hey, <laughs> giant well, I monster"? <laughs> I don't think. Well, I mean, once they realized there is a giant monster, I don't think there was enough time for the nations of the world to unite. I mean, if there was enough time, you know, then. Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, they're going to have to show up. So obviously they had to right. resolve the issue quickly. It was just, like I said, the tech team, they're only, they're only you know, they hit you know Amanda Waller in the head with a, with a putting iron or a putter, and then their only thing to do now is go left. Make, <laughs> make, make a, you know what I'm saying? I just, anyway, it's fine. Um, oh, no, Dot Man. That made me sad. Uh, this I, this I felt island. Like we saw it though, right? They uh, telegraphed it. You they, knew they, he was gonna die. Yeah, but it was still sad. It, I was like, oh, that's sad. The well, island has a agree. that island has a rat problem. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, there are more rats on that island than people. And my last note is probably the grossest boss fight I've ever seen. No. Um, my wife had to close her eyes multiple times in this movie. Um, <laughs> mostly when it came to King Shark, when he ripped that dude in half, that was rough. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was a br- love that shot. Though. I mean, it was a great oh, my shot. God, it was amazing. But my wife was like, "Oh my God, what are you making me watch?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, I didn't know what was happening." And so, like, when he's like eating a dude, and it was, she's like, "Can I watch?" Dumb, dumb. Yeah, yeah. I was like, eh. "Like when they," uh, and then when the Starro pulled uh, Doctor Who apart. You know, as soon as as soon as he got them all wrapped up, I said, "You might want to close your eyes." And so she did. And then once he got squished up against the window, I'm like, "Yeah, you're good." So, <laughs> anyway, all right, you ready for a few a uh, few clips here? Sure, right. let's do it. This this to me is a direct uh, call to um, 
and I think we've talked about this when I think we because we reviewed Infinity War, um, and I think it's a widely known secret or just known maybe it's not a secret but it's known that that the Russo brothers let other directors like James Gunn direct his team in that movie. So like when you have the Guardians of the Galaxy part when Thor shows up, that's being directed by James Gunn. And so so it would feel like it was part of their universe adding into this universe. So when we had this scene, it reminded me of the scene with Thor when he says they're going to never can ever or wherever they're going. Um and he it says, definitely yeah, and he's like, that's a made-up word. And then Thor says, all words are made up. You know, <laughs> And I love that line. So this, is, this reminds me of that. Okay, here we go. What does TDK stand for? What? Your name is TDK, correct? Yeah. And it stands for what? Stands for me. That's what a name is. Your name is Letters? Your name's a Letters, dickhead. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay. Uh, this is a little dick measuring contest happening. He does exactly what I do, but better. I always hit my target's dead center. I hit them more in the center. You can't hit something more in the center. I use smaller bullets. What? They go inside your bullet holes without even touching the side. Next. <laughs> I will say this. John Cena, I think, and again, I've not seen every one of his movies, but this is some of the best acting I think I've seen from him. Yeah. yeah. Like... He fit this role really, it's really well. So that, good, it's so good. Like it's very dry and and, but like yeah, this is his persona. I think and it, I I think it's great. I was explaining to one of my coworkers today, uh, who is a listener. So hi Jeff, that um, he, I can't use the exact words I used because I don't want to get hate mail. But what I will say is that he is a um, he's a one note in this movie, but it's a great <laughs> note. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not, it's not a huge emotional range like Margot Robbie or even he's Dave even, Batista. Yeah. He's, he's kind of, uh, yeah, I, I, I akin him more to, uh, agent U S agent, uh, in the, oh, in the winter okay. soldier movie. Yeah. 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 With you. Yeah. He's, he's that just, he's all star spangled up and ready to kill anybody that he can. Uh, okay, time for the line. You all knew I was going to get this bit. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. How's that? You're being facetious. But if this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? <laughs> I love that last bit. <laughs> if I remember, I might cap that out just to have that line forever. Why do mad? Why, who knows why madmen do what they do? I like that. Uh, this is. Um, I just realized all of my clips, except when Nathan Fielding was talking, is John Cena saying things. So here we go. Here's a little bit more of John Cena. No one likes to show off, unless what they're showing off is dope as. F That's true. There, I had to edit out the f bombs, <laughs> but yeah. That is true. Okay. Um, I, I, I accidentally wrote bacon of freedom, but this is supposed to be the beacon of freedom. So here you go. Here's the bacon of freedom. It's not a toilet seat. It's a beacon of freedom. <laughs> oh, John, he's great. John Cena is so good in this movie. And he's so good that when the, the, the flip happens at the end, you really hate him. 
but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and you do, you hate it because you you want to pull for this guy, right? You, yeah. you want him to be a good guy, and very obviously is is not. He is a bad bad man. Time for no this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? I got some trivia. I got all the trivia. Okay, I don't have all the trivia. There's like nine thousand bits of trivia in this movie, so. <laughs> Go to IMDb and read for about an hour because I spent about 30 minutes just pulling the what I got. As for how James Gunn... Here's one thing I will say this. You know how I, I love to give um, IMDb uh, shit, uh, especially in their trivia section, because you know anyone can edit it. This The trivia in this multiple times felt like it was a paragraph that they had just taken a sentence out and then inserted it as one trivia. So this feels like this is the second part of a story. So as for how James Gunn got Sylvester Stallone to voice the role, like like someone asked a question there. How did you get Sylvester Stallone to voice the role? Well, as for how James Gunn got Sylvester Stallone to voice the role, it didn't take a whole lot of convincing. James Gunn said to him, quote, I wrote this for you in The Suicide Squad. It won't take too much of your time. Stallone replied, I can't do a Stallone accent. So I'm just going to reply, oh, yeah? To which Gunn said, yeah, it's a big kind of chubby human eating shark. To which Stallone said, anything for you, brother. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, Idris Elba, I uh, already mentioned that, Will Smith part. Uh, let's see. John Cena described Peacemaker as a douchebag Captain America. Well, yeah, that's pretty much perfect. Uh, I saw this video... Um, uh, about a week ago on, I think honestly it was on TikTok, to honor Nathan Fillion, his home city of Edmonton, which is located in Alberta, Canada, for Americans that don't know that, they officially renamed their city hall to the Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion for the opening week of the Suicide Squad <laughs> movie. Nice. That's now, that is actually in addition to and because of, there is a fan of Nathan Fillion who started an actual petition mm -hmm. to have an, I believe it's an upcoming space or building named that. Yeah. And and so the city hall was like, oh, we got to capitalize on the popularity of this this actual petition and and, you know, take advantage of this publicity opportunity. Very, very cool. Yeah. See, I didn't know it was City Hall because the video, they literally like in they they ask all of the cast would they sign this petition. I thought that it was like a park, like it was a park in front of City Hall, and that it was that it was gonna be called Civilian Pavilion. Like that's what it was just gonna be called. And then the the fan created the, um, the the whatever you call it to to have it named the Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion. That's just fun to say. And then on Twitter, uh, Nathan Fillion asked, are they going to paint it vermilion? Yes, he did ask that, yeah. Uh, lastly, James Gunn said in several interviews that he received much more creative freedom during the filming of this than of Guardians of the Galaxy movies from the MCU. Uh, there, there's various forms of that trivia about seven different times in the listing on IMDb. Basically, people want you to know that he had more fun making this movie than the Marvel movies because Warner Brothers left him alone. The director of the first Suicide Squad movie even called him and said, good luck. And because Warner Brothers, you know, came in and made him do hours of reshoots. 
Do you think that um, do you think that some of the Marvel movies would be better had the directors been given complete freedom, or would it have ended up more like what DC is? A, a, you know, not a cohesive I, universe. I I think that as long as the story ends the way it needs to, to help move the overall plot along how we get from a to B, I think it's kind of irrelevant as long well, as, and they, I, you know, yeah, as long I personally as be, think that they're learning to do a combination, right? right? Because they, to your point, like, um, what was, I think the guy's name was Edgar Wright who left Ant-Man, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were, they wanted, he wanted to do something they said. And then Scott Derrickson also left, uh, Dr. Strange or maybe Dr. Strange too. Um, uh, so they, they also got rid of Kenneth Branagh to do, uh, the Thor movies. Right. So they, they had this very set structure where they were like, okay guys, these movies need to fit into this narrative. And then I feel like with guardians and with, um, Thor Ragnarok in particular, they learned and realized, Oh, if you find a director who's, style fits into this universe you can give them creative freedom um inside of these constraints without it feeling so constraining because i feel like like if you watch ragnarok right or if you watch guardians it's like those two movies definitely feel different than other marvel movies and it's because of who directed them so marvel feels like they're kind of going more into this like not genre piece, but like a little bit more freedom for stylistic choices with their directors. And supposedly that's a big thing with um, the Eternals. They keep saying we gave the director tons of freedom to shoot it how she wanted and this, that, and the other thing. So it's probably both at this point. But yeah, yeah, well, I think I feel to like your point, that might be why it feels so disjointed for DC. Yeah. I feel like though, looking at like Ragnarok, as an example uh i felt like that was a a, i enjoy that movie probably more than any other marvel movie but yeah i don't feel like it fits in in it with the rest of them as far as style you know absolutely not i don't think it does by design i don't think it's meant to fit in with the rest of them by style i think it's meant to say that style is not what people want from thor this is the right. style people want from Thor. There's yeah. a great episode of a podcast <laughs> called Them's Fighting Nerds that you could listen to, and I go into extensive <laughs> detail about this whole thing. Thank you for the plug. Uh, and he really does, and it's um, and it's a fun fun thing. Um, I don't know. You you mentioned you know what it would what, what I don't know. I don't want to get into the whole DC Marvel thing again for the eleventh time, whatever. Just. <laughs> The, I just I simply think that the problem is it's the same problem that Star Wars has, is that Kathleen Kennedy was not given enough power, or or whatever for Star Wars, and that's why Episode Seven, Eight, Nine suffer because it's not a, a, a continuing story, and I think that's the problem yeah. with with the Batman or not the Batman, but the DC is that it felt like that they they came out with Man of Steel. And that was the, the the first one, and I thought it was a fine movie. And it was not great, but it was it was fine. And then it felt like DC had to try to catch up to what Marvel was doing because at that point, I think Avengers had just come out, 
and made a billion dollars and you know they were they were already they were already aiming towards Avengers 2 and so if that's why I think we talked about it when we did Batman versus Superman that it felt like they rushed to that movie too soon and I know Andrew mm-hmm. one of your biggest complaints of that movie is that they used the subtitle Dawn of Justice if you if you take that part out of the movie then there's no expectation that this is the precursor to the Justice League because it gives you more right. freedom. But anyway, and then now they're making another Batman. And and I did see on Twitter like just the other day that Ben Affleck has agreed to do another Batman to reprise his role in another Batman thing. So I think it wasn't in a, in a series though. It's well, I don't know. I I don't know. Um, I thought. I think I read that somewhere that it was a series instead uh, of a film. I mean, aren't we going to need to have Ben Affleck to have some kind of whatever the next Justice League thing is? Right? We have we have to have. Some, I mean, yeah, I guess we have to have some resolution to that movie because it gives us such a cliffhanger. Um, I'm sorry. The four-hour movie ended on a cliffhanger. It lived. Yeah. It, it ends on a huge oh cliffhanger. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's the kind of cliffhanger. Mm. Actually, that's not that's not true at all. I was gonna say it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the cliffhanger that Avengers One ends on by giving you teasing you Thanos, but it would be hey. it would be more it's more like what the cliffhanger at the end of no, it's a cliffhanger. I don't want to. I don't honestly. It's I don't okay. want to. It's, it's okay. I don't want to really tell you what it is. One, I appreciate that. There's, there's. I'm a, I'm a spoiler jerk, so I appreciate that. Yeah, no, and and you know, I mean, it's a four hour movie. Yeah, it's a commitment, but you know, I mean, just break it up into sections. Is what I did. I watched <laughs> it in, uh, I watched it like it was two movies. You know, yeah, I, I, no, I need a palate cleanser after this movie. I'm not watching a four hour movie, Sean. Well, I'm not saying you should do it tomorrow. I'm just saying, okay, um, you know, <laughs> at, at some point, I would watch uh, Birds of Prey before I would watch the Justice League. But I do think at some <laughs> point you should watch it just so that you can get some of the references and, and whatever. But I don't know. I, I think it's kind of, I liked it, I, but I also didn't hate the first one. I didn't hate the original mm-hmm. Justice League. I thought it was fine. I liked it more than Batman versus Superman, and Andrew knows my contempt for that movie. But um, <laughs> there's a really great podcast where we even had a had a guest list a, a guest or a listener. He paid money to come on the show and have <laughs> me complain about that movie to him. So I don't know if Alan used to listen to our show, but thank you, for Alan. That was that was very lovely. Uh, He's okay. probably really pissed that he had to pay, and then all these other guests we've had on. <laughs> get to just complain for free. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There is that. Well, I mean, yeah. Je- Jesse will eventually pay me in uh, stickers. It's true. So, <laughs> all right. That's it. I have nothing more to say. That's not true at all. I have this to say. Excuse me while I whip this out. Top three. We. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. We had struggle. We had struggle. That's not a good sentence. <laughs> we had struggle. We yeah, struggled. We had struggle. uh, <laughs> We have struggled. I'm going to talk like the shark thing uh, on 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 this top three because none of us have seen enough Idris Elba movies. Uh, none of us. Uh, James Gunn's only made like four movies, and and so we decided to come up with kaiju, basically movies with giant kaiju that you have to fight at the end or whatever. So I'm sure at some point one of us will mention at least one of the Godzilla movies, which is fine. Uh, Jesse, I'll let you go first. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that deeply. Um, I'm going to start with Godzilla King of the Monsters because um, mostly because, I mean, it's 
like you said, one of us has to mention a Godzilla movie. And of all of the Godzilla movies that I have seen, that movie felt like it got the scale closest to correct for me. <laughs> um, the appearance of Ghidorah as like this like mountain range spanning beast was just so well done. And the whole movie, I feel like, it's it's the closest we've gotten of a of an American Godzilla movie where they get that we don't care about the human characters. We just want to see monsters. Um, they still made us spend some time with those human characters, but it was o- overall a pretty fun movie. I, it was dumb, but it was fun. Uh, and it looked amazing. The, the visuals were gorgeous. Um, I also will... I, I have to mention Pacific Rim just because I actually had good fun with Pacific Rim like it it's same thing it wasn't anything special it was a dumb movie it was um the marketing for that movie was almost like the marketing in quotes for snakes on a plane right like you don't you, you don't know what need, you were getting into yeah you don't need marketing for that that you show giant robot you show monster oh i know what this movie is about i could probably tell you the plot too i bet there's a guy who was this close to retirement in that movie um <laughs> so <laughs> I, you know, it, as a genre, I have not seen a ton of kaiju movies. Um, but my my third one, I think I'm actually going to put this movie in there because this movie is not a kaiju movie per se, right? It it has a kaiju in it, um, and I feel like it's it's done in ways that aren't new, but it's done in ways that are effective. I still felt for Starro. I was like, man, that poor. Starro, like Starro just wants to float <laughs> in space and look at the stars. Starro doesn't want to control everybody on Earth, which, but if you put him on Earth, that's what he's going to do, right? Like he would rather just float in space. And and what a fun old school comic book design for, for yeah. a monster, right? So basic. I mean, it, it reminded me of watching Futurama, right? When they had the brain slugs. It was <laughs> just like, this is so basic. It's got some face hugger vibes to it. You know, and it's just still effective, right? Still effective because if you saw that, you'd be creeped out, like especially the <laughs> giant eye staring at you on the face yeah. of some person. Yeah, uh, and they did they did a great job of not making it just a suction cup that attaches uh-huh. to you, right? Like it's a mouth with a lot of teeth and tenderly looking things that would reach down your throat. So the the body horror aspect of it was very effective. Um, I also appreciated seeing. A molecule man's mom as a kaiju. Yeah, so that was pretty funny. I, I, I personally, I felt like that joke was overplayed in the movie, but that moment it worked for me really well. So, <laughs> those are my three top three kaiju movies. <laughs> All right, Sam. All right, I've got um, my number three is is the shark from the Meg. Oh sure, okay. Right. Uh, my number two is the dragons from Reign of Fire. Okay, yeah, I'm good. And I, uh, you know, I, obviously I, Jurassic Park. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you can call them kaiju; they're just not quite big enough. But in the same vein, I thought it was fun to think of the graboids from Tremors as the giant monster that comes to eat you. Sure. No, I'm, I'm with you. I I like the uh, well. I, I love Rain of Fire, so you know, I'm definitely yeah. on board with that. Good, I, 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 I jacked up Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, 
So, I mean, are you going to use, I mean, honestly, Sam, you could probably use like Jurassic World as your Jurassic Park connection because that, that big dinosaur at the end is kind of one. I mean, it's bigger than yeah. the others and it's it's not quite a real dinosaur or whatever, you know. I mean, it kind of works. Yeah, I mean, certainly, but I, I always try to do the first Jurassic Park in most of my... Uh, no, I understand. No, I get you. Yeah. yeah. Not the one where she does the, the, the talking velociraptor or where she does the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the not ballet, the uh, uneven bars to gymnastics. Win. Gym, yeah, gym, the yeah. gymnastics. Hey, yeah. that was no less contrived than ninety percent of the crap we see now. Like at least they spent time saying that that little girl was a gymnast and that she would be missing her gym meet to go to the dinosaur God. island. No, that girl I'm just saying in her pants, running from these raptors. In no way, shape, or form is she going to be brave enough to. Do a gymnastics move to, but the to mathematician knock. is fine with it because he's seen it before. I don't know, man. Come on. And, well, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, they There's they wrote poor directorial choices in yes. that movie. I mean, let's agree they, on that. That's definitely yes. true. Yeah, and they he. I mean, honestly, Michael Crichton only wrote the book, the second book, because or the movie. Well, yeah, because the studio was like, dude, we'll pay you a billion dollars. It was that, but it was a lot of money, and he's like, okay, yeah. fine. It would I'll, be stupid not to write another. I'll, one. <laughs> I'll bring back a dead character just to do it. Why not? You know. So, uh, I would say this is the part where I would read our, tri- our, tw- our Twitter, gosh, responses. But we didn't get any. But in fairness, uh, I posted on Twitter while we were recording, so it's not like people had a lot of time. <laughs> and Jesse, you're usually the one of the people that always comments. So, I, I do try. I can't really give you a shout out. If you're already here, so well, I'm sure you can. Go ahead, I'll uh, take a shout out. Uh, Jesse from the Sudden but Inevitable <laughs> podcast says uh, these three movies that he already said. Okay, <laughs> uh, there, there is one on Facebook though. Did you check that? Oh no, that's right. Stephen Honeycutt said yeah. something. Oh, thank yeah. you, Sam. Um, Stephen, our good friend Stephen Honeycutt, um, who has his own new show out called Obscurity Now. Oh, nice. Um, uh, oh gosh, were you not on with us? Yeah, you were there, Sam, when he did the uh, the the police uh, movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's his new podcast is called Obscurity Now. Uh, Stephen wrote the Pacific Rim, Godzilla versus Megalodon, and Kong Skull Island. Well, there you go. There's a lot of good monsters on Kong Skull Island. Well, that's actually my number three. So Kong oh, Skull nice. Island is number three. Uh, my my honorable mention actually is Independence Day two where the giant alien queen comes down to earth and it's, she's kind of a kaiju. I mean, that movie's not great, but it's kind of fun and mm-hmm. I had a good time with it. Uh, I haven't call, seen that. It's fine. It's not great. It's fine. Spoiler um, alert. Yeah. I mean, really the only spoiler I can give you is Will Smith isn't in it. No, oh. but everyone <laughs> yeah, else, kind of but everyone else from the first one uh, is, I, I guess Adam Baldwin's not in it either, but He's yeah. Brent Spiner in it? I think he is. I'm pretty sure cool. he's in it. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah, he's in it. And he's still just as crazy as ever. <laughs> uh, so I do. My number three is going to be Kong uh, Skull Island. I liked that movie. I thought it was fun. My number two is actually going to be Rampage the with The Rock. Mm. Uh, yeah, another one that I want to see. I haven't seen. It's Again, it's fun. It's a good time. I, I, I liked it. I thought it was kind of whatever it was you know it's fine the game that that movie was based on was very fun sure. i would have been nine or ten when that came out that rampage game yeah same you were like what the city you were like 35 at the time right <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Uh, and yeah. my number one, yeah. and I did, and I don't know if Michael uh, Mike still listens. I'll make sure to t- to tag him on Facebook. Uh, but Godzilla: Final Wars, Jesse, have you seen that one? That is the one where Godzilla fights the American version of 2000 Godzilla, correct? Along with fighting everything else, with, yes. With ev- yeah. yeah, everything else. Was- yeah. So actually, yes, I have seen that one, and that one is very fun. It is so um, fun. My first introduction to Godzilla was actually Toho Godzilla. Like I, I watched that before I had seen um, any marketing for the American, the original American Godzilla with uh, Matthew Broderick. I, I, the character's name is Nick Tatopoulos. Thank you, Matthew Matthew Broderick. Um, but my grandmother had like a a movie of that recorded on a tape for some reason like it couldn't have been hers but it was at her house and that was my introduction to godzilla so nice. yeah i i went all through mecha godzilla and all that stuff I, but yes final wars was like kind of bananas of it's a lot of fun and yeah. we also reviewed it for the podcast um oh very cool and that 2000 godzilla the american one um i saw that in the theaters twice yep. <laughs> I yep. did. i liked it andrew this is where you come in and level the playing field with all of your awesomeness. Well, I have an honorable mention only because I don't know that it's really a kaiju, but the Iron Giant to me sticks out as yeah. one of these just, you know, massive machines. I guess he was a bad just, guy for a second, wasn't he? Yeah, for about yeah, a hot minute yeah. he was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that, that could... Yeah, Mechagodzilla uh, but, is is a robot. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I had at number three, uh, Monsters by Gareth Edwards that we saw for the podcast mm-hmm. about, oh, a good oh, while okay. back. Yeah. Um, I had Jurassic World as my number two, and then my number nice. one. I can't remember if it's the second one or the third one. It may even have been the first one. I'm just too tired to think right now. But how to train your dragon? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, with the with, giant giant. With the so giant there's actually dra- yeah. two giant that- dragons in one. There's one in one and one in two. So the one in yeah. one, toothless specifically, toothless and hiccup fight, uh, and that one's referred to as the green death. And then you have the the ice spitter alpha that's in how to train your dragon two. I think that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. That giant ice bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Those cool. No, those are good. Those are both. Those see Andrew comes in with yeah. the, just nails it as he does uh, every week. Time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? This is where we give this movie a score. I have been told by a little Twitter account that Jesse has embraced the decimal. So, <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> it was a, it was a spite decimal. That's not embracing it. Uh, uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. I love the decimal. <laughs> he's doing again. I have to give him. I'm, I, I this joke only works if you're listening to this episode and have also listened to the episode I was on on Jesse's show, where actually, Sean, <laughs> that's not true because. Every time that our decimal goes to more than one place, I reference you. So Aww. anybody that has listened oh, to nice. Sudden But Inevitable over all, either of our two seasons knows exactly what this joke is. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I didn't see. I, and I and you have to forgive me. I haven't listened to. I listened to the first episode of the the first half of the the first episode of your two parter of the new your new show, this new season that you'll I'll let you talk about here in a second. because you're doing Cowboy Bebop. I haven't watched Cowboy Bebop in ten years. And I don't. I will not forgive you. And I don't have a way to watch it right now. <laughs> so 
as I'm listening to that episode, you're making references, and it was I was laughing because Ricky, it felt like Ricky hadn't seen it, <laughs> like he didn't wa- like pay attention because you're like, oh, what about this part? And Ricky's like, that happened in this episode. You're like, <laughs> yeah, and this other thing. And Ricky's like, that happened in this episode. And I'm thinking, if Ricky can't remember it and he just watched <laughs> it, I think I need to go back and watch it. Anyway, there's my little thing. So, Andrew, <laughs> embrace the decimal. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, 9.4 uh, sucky star things to the face out of 10. <laughs> sucky star things to the face. I like it. I did think it was interesting that if they missed, they died. Yeah. Like their <laughs> lifespan is seconds. Because if they missed. I also thought it, was, <laughs> thought it was cool how they basically came out of the star's armpits. Yeah. Yeah. And it was pretty gross. Um, and also, like, I like how Ratcatcher puts on her mask and that protects her. But like, Bubble or uh, Polka Dot Man, he just looks down, and they're just <laughs> just kind of cracked me up. Oh, we didn't mention it—the Shark Man when he's like playing with those fish, and it was very beautiful. And then they they attack him. <laughs> you're like, oh, they're not looking at you because they think you're Friend. pretty. Yeah, they want to eat you. <laughs> so. Anyway, I mean, that. obviously their teeth are sharp enough that they were penetrating his skin because bullets didn't. Um, yeah. So that was, that was interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Jesse. Um, I can, I cannot in good consciousness go that high. Um, I, again, I had a lot of fun with the movie. I enjoyed it. Um, if you're looking for something fun and entertaining to watch for, yeah, it was a little bit long, but if you're looking for something fun and entertaining to watch for a couple of hours, it's definitely the right ticket. Um, I am going to give this movie a 6.8993 Starros. Oh, he has fully Out of 10. Yeah, it's not quite a seven um, for a couple of reasons for me. It is above. Uh, I, I, I like to, I, I try to think of a, a five as a movie that I don't care if I see. Right. So like um, a five is a movie who all the marketing in the world isn't going to get me in the theater for that movie. So this movie is definitely above that. Um, the marketing was very well done and it was not misleading in any way. Like there was nothing about the marketing that made me think I was getting anything other than R rated guardians of the galaxy, which you definitely, definitely get in this movie. Right. And, uh, I'd say the biggest detractor for me is some of the spirit of the movie feels a little needlessly mean, um, which normally I wouldn't really care about, but like because of, the entire history of James Gunn getting fired by Marvel for the reasons that he got fired by Marvel. Like I understand the whole past is the past thing, but like the sentiment of the things that you got fired for is pretty close to some of the sentiment that you spend a lot of time reveling in, in this movie. Um, I, as an adult am able to parse that and my enjoyment of it can be separate from that. So I'm good with that. (laughs) Um, but I feel like it would be, I don't know if irresponsible is the right word, but it would be uh, untruthful to not bring that up, I think. Um, but it was definitely, I was not upset when the movie was over that I had watched it. Like I said, there were tons of actual genuine laughs. John Cena, perfectly cast. Margot Robbie, I'm 
willing to go watch other DC movies now if she's in them. I'm maybe even just willing to watch movies that have Margot Robbie now. Um, so I, I, overall, I really liked it. But I have to stick with my very decimal-centric rating. <laughs> Another uh, Margot Robbie film that I think is a little underrated, underrated is a movie called Focus with her and Will Smith. And he's a con artist. And she's really good in that. And I think it's a good movie. I don't care what you I'll say. I'll look into it. I think Thank it's a good you. movie. Sam? Yeah, I, I am basically going to say I, I enjoyed the heck out of this thing and would uh, re- recommend it to anybody but my pastor and parents. So um, <laughs> I think uh, a 7.85 um, out of 10 for me on this one. Okay. So I cheated because I have access to the list, and I went back and looked. So my favorite DCEU movie is Wonder Woman up until about 24 hours ago. And I've been kind of mulling oh, wow. over it. Is that what I would would I put this over that movie? And yeah. today, maybe a month from now, I change my mind. But today, right now, as I said here, this is my favorite DCEU movie um, that that has been made. I really had yeah. a good time with it. Yes, there's dumb things. I didn't care. Like Sam said at the beginning yeah. in your intro, there's just there's actually a lot to really like, and there's. There's a lot of great directing choices that were made that we didn't even get into. Like the fact that this movie <laughs> has chapters, guys. This this uh-huh. movie has a chapter. Operation Save uh, Destroy Jodenheim. No, we actually have <laughs> no, to go Operation get Save Save Harley. Save Harley. <laughs> like that's that's amazing how they did it in the fire and the the blood in the water and Jodenheim is is shown to us uh, as a location in the roofing metal and antenna and stuff on this building. Oh, like, oh yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, all of that yeah, stuff is, cool is stuff. such fun director, um, director choices and, um, and, and visions, you know, like, you know, we kind of make like the Russo brothers make fun of their own title cards, right? Cause they always have these giant block letters, Los Angeles, you know, Midgard, like whatever they do, right. They're kind of doing that as a joke. Whereas this guy, James Gunn, was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it like they would do it in a comic book. And that's yep. why I really, I really, really liked it. So I went back and looked at my score for Wonder Woman. Andrew, by the way, you gave Wonder Woman a 9.0. Wow. Yeah, so, I like this one more than Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I gave Wonder Woman an 8.75. So as I sit oh, here, wow. as I sit here now, I'm going to give this movie an 8.9. Um, wow, 8.9 uh, I don't like rats on my lap but I'm going to try to pet it anyway so, <laughs> uh, I was actually waiting for that last moment for the rat to like shit on him honestly oh see that would have been yeah. perfect you know like yeah. he finally gets the courage a little wet spot with you know a couple of, of crap pieces yeah like yeah, he finally gets been... the courage to pet the thing and either it was going to bite him or it was going to shit on him that's what I expected to have happen but I'm going to give it an 8.9 uh, we're giving the rounding. Uh, this movie turn uh, is an eight point two six two three two five. You're welcome. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, perfect. But no, that's good. I think that's good. All right. Uh, the last few things I have here as as a point of my business before I let Jesse uh, talk more about his show is the quote game quote number twenty eight. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Now, my wife had this really great idea. Uh, she said, do you people uh, participate in your quote game? And I said, uh, a couple. You know, it's the, the kind of the usual 
uh, you know, Maxton or Andrew, you know, some of our other listeners that are a little more active. So I, I am doing this. I still have a few stickers left, a few cheap seat review stickers. So tell me what movie that quote is from, and I will select at random someone to receive a sticker. I will mail you. Of course, you have to give me the quote, the movie, and then if you want a sticker, your address. And I will mail you. I guess don't give me your address. If you win, I'll message you, and then you give me your address. I don't want a whole bunch of people's addresses. Um, but I'll mail you a sticker. So... The quote, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Let me know what it is, and I will mail you a sticker. Maxon, you can't apply because you already have a sticker for me, but anybody else is, is free <laughs> to, to participate. I don't I don't know this quote. I'm interested to see what this I is. I know the quote, but I can't remember the movie. I've heard that quote I mean, a thousand I, times. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, this is just like biblical knowledge. Yeah, it? I thought like this was uh, <laughs> from The Art of War by whoever wrote that. Oh, it was Sun Tzu. somewhere. I was about to say Shang Chi, but like that's the new Marvel. <laughs> that's a different one. Shang, I think it's Shang Chi. I mean, we've been saying it wrong. Anyway, doesn't matter. Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for that too. It'll be good. Same. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, that's it. I have nothing more on my list of things to say other than Jesse. Once again, it's a pleasure having you on. Uh, it it doesn't feel like it's been two and a half months or whatever it was since we had you on last. But then again, it also feels like it's been six years. So. Uh, thank you for coming back on the show and tell us more about season two of what's going on with you. Yeah. So season two, as Sean mentioned of sudden, but inevitable is focused on cowboy bebop. The thing that you had mentioned with Ricky D from best flicks with Ricky D not feeling like he had picked up anything that had happened in the first episode is actually kind of what we were counting on. Uh, Ricky D and Josh, who is the head of the Twist My Arm podcast network, where our show is part of, um, they are not anime fans. They're actually closer to anime detractors. So we figured, okay, we use the first season to introduce Josh to Firefly, right? He had never seen Firefly before, but he was a Star Wars fan. And we're like, oh, okay, Star Wars is our way into Firefly for Josh. Firefly was our way into Cowboy Bebop for Josh and Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. And we are having so much fun. We just, I mean, our show is uh, on average about two hours and 10 minutes. And that's just because we've all known each other for so long. I've known Josh 20 plus years and we're 30 years old. So um, we're going one or two episodes at a time this season. There's a lot of um, jazz in the production, which we feel is fitting because it is Cowboy Bebop. Um, but we, we we just all of our wonderful listeners and friends and live viewers uh, from season one have come with us and we're just we're having so much fun. So if introducing somebody that you know to a show that you love and getting them to love it as much as you do sounds like it might be fun and Cowboy Bebop or Firefly happen to be that show for you, then definitely, definitely check out Sudden But Inevitable. We are everywhere you get podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Sudden But. You can also follow me on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. You can also go to twistmyarmpodcast.com slash SBI to get all of our videos and podcast episodes and merchandise, etc., all in one place. So please, please, please go check us out. And we're going to get Sean back. We just have to figure out how to either get him a couple episodes or maybe postpone him till next season when we're watching a show that he has access to. But 
definitely go check out Sean's episode from season one of the Sudden But Inevitable rewatch, where we talked about the Firefly episode. Ariel. We did Ariel. Ariel. Yeah. Yes, we did. See, it's it's hard for me to remember because you guys have been doing a podcast for I'm sure what feels like ever. We've been doing it since January, and I'm already forgetting stuff that happened <laughs> in those episodes. So I don't I'm I think I need to get a spreadsheet like yours, Sean, because that seems to be the way to go. Absolutely. But on that note, I do just want to say thank you so much for having me back to Cheap Seat. I had a lot of fun the first time when we watched Road to Perdition, and I had a lot of fun debating Cameron on the Them's Fighting Nerds special episode. So it's always always fun to come chat with you guys. I think the thing that I like about it the most is that you can tell that you guys really all are good friends for a long time too. So that makes the space here feel like I can just kind of say whatever I mean and you guys will know it. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And it does feel like forever, but that's mostly because of Sam. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like I have about a thousand more announcements to get to. The show is running about two hours long at this point. So I'll simply say this. Um, Cheap Seat Reviews uh, has been going strong and we have more guests coming up and I'm very excited to to see how things are going. Also, uh, we, the three of us, will be making an appearance on the, uh, coming up in October, the three of us will be on an episode of Measure the Score and we're, uh, we're going to be doing a couple of Halloween movies, literally Halloween, uh, the original Halloween movie, one and the one that came out in 2018. Nice. Also, I, along with Jesse and a few others, are going to be doing uh, something very unique. This weekend, we're doing a, uh, a podcast convention. We're hosting the first annual or first ever or whatever. <laughs> right now, we're, right now <laughs> we're calling it first ever because we don't know what the plan is yet for yeah, next year. <laughs> first ever, but it's a podcast convention where we're going to be doing some some kind of how-to things, and we're going to have some people come on, and I'm, I'm going to be uh, on as both a, as a guest panelist for uh, best practices for microphones and audio and uh, editing and some things like that, some of the, the nuts and bolts behind the podcast. And Jesse and uh, some others are going to be doing some more of the, um, the, other, the other kind of behind-the-scenes stuff for, for the podcast, how to, how to build a, an audience and things. So it's very cool. So that's, Jesse, you're going to have to remind me of the website. Tw- uh, just go to twistmyarmpodcast.com. Uh, yep. Go to that website. It'll be in the show notes. Um, there you'll find all the information. That's like this coming Saturday. So as I release this episode, it's in a few days. If you've gotten, if you listen to this episode. And everything is free. That's very important to remember. We're oh, not yeah. trying to sell you something. This is a free indie podcast melding of the minds where other indie podcasters who are also broke give you their best tips and tricks. True. <laughs> um, with all that having been said, I have nothing more to say. Go to our website, cheapstreetreviews.libsyn.com, and that's going to do it. Next week, we're watching Resident Evil. In the meantime, uh, yeah, cheapstreetreviews.libsyn.com, and... On behalf of Jesse, Sam, and Andrew, this is Sean saying thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.